0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com
1: for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: To left center, deep, gone, Brewers lead it. And a swing and a miss, he struck him out. Down the line, and that's the ball game.
1: Hey, Brewer fans, welcome to another episode of Brewers Unfiltered. I'm Brad Ford, the social media manager for the Milwaukee Brewers, coming to you from the beautiful Los Angeles, California. I'm joined by the Milwaukee Bound, the bound to the city of Milwaukee, and well-bearded Tim Dillard as well as a man who's just hasn't stopped smiling since we got to L.A. because, boy, if you've ever talked to him about which stadiums are best, he loves this stadium. Adam McCalvey, the baseball genius himself. Guys, how are we doing?
0: Good. I love sharing how much I love Dodger Stadium because there's nothing people have stronger feelings about than their favorite stadiums. And I just like to irritate people by insisting that Dodger Stadium is the best, which it is. <laughs> Yeah. To be
1: fair, I, I want on the record that I'm in no way irritated by your, your mentions of Dodger Stadium. Um, I, I appreciate someone who's passionate about which baseball stadiums are superior because. Do You
0: know, I, I told you this yesterday, Brad, I figured it out yesterday, Tim, why Dodger Stadium is my favorite. I mean, it's a combination of things. It's an awesome park, number one. But I figured out what about it yesterday subconsciously makes this so special for me. It's where they filmed Naked Gun, the first one. Well, besides that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, it's the speaker tower. Mm-hmm. It's my childhood at County Stadium where it kind of like shakes your guts a little bit. And that's what it is. It's so loud you can't hear yourself think. I love it. It looks like a Grateful Dead concert. Very cool. Late arriving, like a Dave Grateful Dead concert too. <laughs> <laughs>
3: when that thing's covered in dust, hey. and it like the the speakers are bumping, you just see the dust coming off in the day games. Like just, boom, boom, boom. I don't know if it still does that. Used to ten years ago.
0: I had never thought about it before as this is one of the elements that I love about Dodger Stadium, and it's 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 definitely what it is because it, people who went to County Stadium can remember that feeling where it's like that speaker tower got going, and and it you could like feel it. So that's they also filmed. They also filmed Men in Black three there. So,
2: <laughs> Is that oh, they, so? that's a
0: lesser no.
3: viewed of the trilogy. They also filmed Sandlot. The Sandlot, the ending. Some of the beginning. And they play baseball there. All right. <laughs> and they play baseball. <laughs> and they play baseball
1: there. Yeah. And you know what? The Brewers play really good baseball there. At least last night, because they shut out the Los Angeles Dodgers at home for the first time in almost a year, according to brewers pr legend jack eidelberg who dropped that stat right as the ball game ended tim how big a win is it to shut out the dodgers the best team in the nl after a pretty tough weekend against the cubs
3: that's it's huge and i was actually with jack when he came up with that and he asked if i was superstitious because he was going to tell me the stat before the game was over and I was like, yeah I'm absolutely I'm not even medium stitious and <laughs> you know, I, I knew that was coming I knew yeah August 29th I believe is the uh 2021 is the last time that has happened they've been shut out of
0: that any team shut any out team, team
3: has shut them out yeah um it, what I thought was really good is for the first time the Brewers are over 500 when facing a left-handed starter they're 20 Woo. and 19. And you see, this is the, the typical way that they do it. They score one run or zero mm. runs off the starter uh, and then just try to dominate as many relievers as possible. So um, it was a good game. I thought Lauer pitched exceptional. The bullpen was fantastic. Uh, just the way everybody was used and when they were used. It was it was a perfect game. Like It was a perfectly drawn-up game. I wish, obviously, the hitters would have done something earlier. Uh, but Julio Urias is fantastic. The s- literal second coming of Fernando Valenzuela.
0: Who uh, dined next to Mike Vasalo and I in the press box last night? That's another thing that's awesome about Dodger Stadium to get back to the Dodger Stadium thing, which we'll talk about all day. <laughs> is you sit in the press box and you dine with Fernando Valenzuela and uh, Charlie Steiner and Nomar and Nomar.
3: Yeah, they're all there. I saw so. Nomar in the restroom at uh, American Family Field the <laughs> other day. I turned around, and in the mirror, he's like washing his hands, and I just, it's the default setting. I was like, Nomar. <laughs> did you did you actually say that? I did. <laughs> oh, he started laughing. No. and I was like, hey, man, sorry. I was like, I bet you get that all the time. That's just, yeah. You don't know who I am. I'm Tim. And uh, we talked for a minute and uh, we talked about the the Dodgers. They did. They played a game with all of their staff members on the field early, early uh, at the stadium that day. And I forgot to even tell him that I was teammates with his brother, Michael. <laughs>
0: no. Well, well, you can save that for the next time you see him in the. Yeah. Bathroom. Yeah, yeah.
3: Well, I've been in there since he wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, it. in the future,
1: you got it. And, You'll have more Nomar in the bathroom stories to tell, I'm sure of it. Uh, Adam, yeah, it, the offense got it done, but the Dodgers just continue to have problems figuring out how to get to Eric Lauer. He is just like the secret
0: recipe. Yeah, the way Dave Roberts put it after the game was, we can't crack the code, which I think Lauer is going to love. You know, it, we keep asking him. It's, it reminds me a little bit of the Zach Greinke can't lose at Miller Park. Remember that one? And then eventually he said it's mm-hmm. the coffee. That was like we, we, asked him, uh, we asked him every time he pitched, man, you really you win every time at, at Miller Park. What is it about this ballpark? And he'd always say, I don't know. It doesn't mean anything. It's just trying to pitch well, yada, yada. And then we'd go in there after like 15 in a row and somebody said, um, you know, hey, Zach, what, what is it about pitching here at Miller Park? And we all kind of winced. those of us who were around him a lot, like, oh, my God, he's been asked this 15 times. And he stunned all of us by saying, you know, I've been thinking about that. And then he came up with a thing about there's good coffee, which was (laughs) amazing. Um, You know, Lauer, I asked Lauer (laughs) about it last night. He didn't mention the coffee. um, And he didn't, you know, he's not going to give away his trade secrets about facing the Dodgers. And the Dodgers have had very well publicized troubles troubles of their own against lefties over the years. That's been a postseason storyline for them in particular. So um, he just said it just... You know, it's one of those deals where if you have shown yourself that you can get guys out, it helps you get guys out. And I think Peter Strzelecki talked about that last night, too, because he's become a really important piece in this bullpen. And he's become the guy all of a sudden, the Jake Cousins last year, the guy who was on no one's radar. There's always a guy like this on a good team who is suddenly pitching kind of important innings. Those middle innings can, you in know, one nothing game. Obviously, that that is a huge inning. And He's handled those very well. Craig Council has talked about him a couple of times on this road trip. Um, and what he he said is, it's so much of this game is confidence. If you have confidence in yourself and good people around you, he said, that can lead to a lot of success. And I think for Lauer, a lot of this is um, past success often breeds future success, and he's trying to just keep it going against LA.
1: Well, for Pete, it doesn't help having just a beautiful slider.
0: You know, those help. The stuff's great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, credit to the Brewers scouts again for finding this guy. This was an undrafted free agent, Strzelecki talking about, who um, they picked up in 2018. And credit them also for just letting a guy show you what he can do in the minor leagues because there's a lot that goes into that and in the investment you make in certain players and, you know, giving a chance. Um, Tim can speak more about this too. Like, you know, sometimes in the minor leagues, guys get outs for Luke Barker. And it takes a long time to get a look. And they gave Strzecki a look because he succeeded in the minors and had swing and miss that they liked. And and look, it's worked out in the big leagues, and it's, and it's been a huge boost.
3: Well, didn't counsel say that he didn't even pitch for them in spring training?
0: He has, not, he has never thrown a Cactus League pitch. So, like, not only has he never been in a big league camp, He's 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 come over like sat in the bullpen in uniform in case they needed a guy to finish an inning or whatever, but he's never actually got in a game, and now he's pitching at Dodger Stadium in a one to nothing game for for a team for which every win is like really important right now. So well, it's an awesome story. Only in baseball again.
3: Well, it you know that's obviously a a credit to Strezlecki, but at the same time for counsel and his team to put their trust in a guy that they didn't even see in spring training. I've seen guys not get called up for that reason. We had a, a guy, Steve Bray, with the AAA Brewers years ago, and he was just lights out. I mean, he carved everybody anywhere we went all season long. He did it for like a year and a half. And finally, he got in front of Ned Yost at one time and said, hey, why can't I get called up? And Ned Yost's answer is we've never seen you pitch you've never thrown for us in spring training or anything else. And we didn't feel comfortable doing that. And I, I I get both sides. It's like, dude, all I can do is get outs over here. Why am I getting a shot? It's like, we don't know jack about you. But I think te- things have changed now. You know, you go back 15 years, things are a little bit different. But now you have all the film and you can see all the analytical stuff of how his uh, slider breaks. I mean, he's like, Three thousand rotations per minute—it's like one of the best at all in all of Major League Baseball. So they have ways to measure that stuff. But back in the day, it was we need to see with our own eyes, and that way we can make a decision later. Before we're all riding a high right now because the Brewers have back-to-back wins and a big shutout win
1: against you know a dominant NL force. But right before that happened, they had a pretty tough run against a cellar dweller in the NL, and the Chicago Cubs. Adam, how tough is it to have a weekend like that for the team? I mean, I think being around them, you can kind of see like just the the energy isn't always the same when they're riding those tough stretches, right?
0: Well, the energy is, has not been good, but that's, you know, wins and losses are, are what the best thing for that. And they're they're trying to generate some energy. You see Willie Adamas playing the game really hard. You see him just... You know, the way he's the same guy every day. I feel like he's one of the leaders of trying to get that good energy going. They're trying a new thing now with the Harley vest. Uh, Luis Urias got the Harley vest last night. Lauer said he, he campaigned for Christian Yelich with that huge outfield assist. And then a two, two
1: nice defensive plays and a third. And then comes up big in the night. Hit, uh, some insurance in, runs. In
0: insurance runs and rested Devin Williams. Um, they're in this stretch where they are really having to use a lot of guys because every game is so close, and that was enormous to, to give Devin Williams a rest. So, um, yeah, they're, they're trying some new things, though, just to keep the, the energy up, the morale up. The Cardinals are hot as can possibly be, and the Brewers are just trying to you know find a little winning streak. This, these two games, Sunday in, uh, at Wrigley and, and Monday at Dodger Stadium, the, the Brewers' second set of back-to-back wins all month. Their other two were the, the the little two game sweep against the Rays so August has been a, a big time challenge and um it's it's testing the pitching for for sure they're trying to some f- figure some things out offensively to score some runs I'm telling you i I don't know that I can remember a Brewers team before that was more in need of like an eight to nothing win <laughs> I th- or like I think they take like nine to three um really needs a win like that to kind of like breathe a little bit, but the, look, that's, that's the way the game is right now for them. It's, it's, uh, every inning is a huge inning.
3: Well, I think specifically with Christian Yelich, uh, last night on the, uh, Brewers live post game show, I'm sure y'all stayed up till one 30 to watch. Thank you for doing that. Um, yeah, but we talked about redemption, right? Cause you go back three days versus the Cubs and Ian Happ is tagging on a ball that's, you know, 20 feet into left field and Yelich tries to rush it and ends up dropping it. So he scores and everybody highlighted that. But the, right before that, in the top of the inning, uh, he was unable to get the Manfred ghost runner from second to third. Um, and they ended up not scoring two runs that inning instead of, um, just the the, just the one so that other play defensive play wouldn't even have mattered. but go back to last night and he makes two amazing defensive plays throwing out somebody at home plate i don't care if it's justin turner i don't care if he's 36 years old like you try to score on me that's going to set a precedence for okay well now hey we got to watch out we're not going to send as many people as we're going On Yelich, And then base hit come up in a moment where they need to get some separation, just a one-run lead, and he shoots a ball in the gap and flosses it like Michael Strahan. That's exactly what you want from Christian Yelich is just the redemption, the chance. And that's what I love about baseball because you can't sit there and dwell on this kind of stuff when it doesn't go your way. You have a game tomorrow. So um, props to Christian Yelich for having a good game. Timothy? Yes? A big part of
1: these wins has been the bat of Keston Hira. You know, back-to-back wins, three home runs from Keston. Uh, yeah, his home run came after the, the team had enough wins to win in a shut. Her runs to win in a shutout.
3: But is it time for the Brewers to find a regular spot in the lineup for him, especially while he's this hot? Absolutely. Uh, they they needed they need something to happen. They don't know who it is, and they're willing to. Say, okay, well, who's going to be red hot? And if you have this guy, and they've done it before, he's gotten a couple of hits or a couple of hits, you know, days in a row. And then it's like, all right, well, go, go sit the bench. <laughs> I think those days are over. I think it's crunch time, about to go into September. Uh, and he's red hot, three home runs in his last six at bats. That's pretty good. Um, his barrel percentage is up 5% from last year. I know you love stats, Bradley. Uh, his walk percentage is up since last year. I mean, this guy's doing career things in a lot of different ways. But for me, his closed off stance um, is is what's helping him. It's not as pronounced as like a Giancarlo Stanton. <laughs> um, but at the same time, it's allowing his bat to c- cover more plate. It really is. Uh, he has such a short, compact swing, he needs to maximize it as much in the zone as possible. And I think that's what you're seeing now is a guy that feels comfortable reaching all points in the plate, not just a couple of hot spots. So uh yes, you you have to find a way to get this guy, uh, Keston hero in that lineup every single day. And Adam, I think a big point of his success this past week was the Cubs
1: specifically brought in a lefty to face him. He talked about, you know, in-game adjustments to find success. And I feel like that's something that was missing from the Keston Hero we saw last year, where they're yeah. able to, where he was able to adjust on the fly and find that success.
0: Yeah, the 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 changes he's made to that stance uh and uh, the huge leg kick um you know not being there anymore is a it has made a big difference for him but like it's complicated to, to you can say like yeah it's it the brewers are saying we we do need to look at how do we get him in the lineup as much as possible because he's provided some big moments but it's it's hard to do like let's be brewers unfiltered here he doesn't have a he doesn't have a spot in the field they really are uncomfortable playing him on defense and run prevention is just as important as run scoring. And I think there is a lot of consternation about like, where do we put him? So the answer then is like, Oh, well there's the DH. Well, you have Andrew McCutcheon performing pretty well as the DH. So then you say, okay, well, why don't they just play McCutcheon in center field? This is such a common refrain. We, we see If they were comfortable playing McCutcheon in center field, they would have done that a long time ago because Hira, to get Hira in there. So I think it's just clear that, you know, Andrew McCutcheon has played a lot of years in the league. Um, I I think from a run prevention defense standpoint, they're not comfortable with McCutcheon in center every day. So that limits your options for Hira. Um, And his reverse split's complicated too because. It's also not as easy as like Rowdy and, and Keston Hira picking up more at-bats with Rowdy at first base. And Rowdy is having a, a huge month of August. So all of these things are to say like it's it's really easy to say, yeah, they it's time to play Keston Hira more. It's really hard if you're the one writing out the lineup and making these plans and actually do it. And that stems back to just his shortcomings, let's say, as a defender. And it's interesting. So I think that's the explanation of why we haven't seen more of him. And it's interesting. And they can't say that, by the way. I'm sorry, Brad. I keep jumping on. <laughs> Do you. it again. They can't. They can't say this. Like, like Craig Council can't sit there and say say, kind of what I just said, because he's not going to like disparage his own player defensively. So he's offering these clues when you look at the times we've asked him extended, you know, questions about Keston Hira. And you have to read between the lines, I think, a little bit on what he says. So that's my a little more unfiltered take on it, is is it's a lot of this is defense. Well sorry, uh, Brad, for jumping all over you six times.
3: And I wouldn't even say, you know, it's picking on Keston so much as Rowdy Telez is a phenomenal first baseman defensively. I mean, one air all year. We saw a pick the other day. My goodness. Um, his value at first base is off the charts. And then you go to center field, you got Tyrone Taylor, Jonathan Davis. These guys are above average center fielder. So, um, it's not so much, you know, Keston's lack of defense. It's just, these guys are really good. And if you're trying to keep runs off the board, those are the guys you go with. So that's going to be the risk reward, but you're going to tell me you can't figure out a way to get this guy in the lineup.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, like, well, and and there does and I there is a point where it's like the production is so it is he forces his way in and and I agree we it is at that point now and they are you know we asked counsel this the other day at Wrigley, and he said yeah it is, we are looking at that and they'll look at at everything they can do, um but but again it's it is I think it's it is one of those easier said than done types of things just because of the combination of players that they
3: have. Part of you just wishes he could play third base really really well. <laughs> And you could just kind of platoon him over there. But uh, yeah, it is the time. He has to be in the lineup until he proves, you know, that he that he's, you know, overmatched. But he we haven't seen that. He's continually putting up good at bats and hitting the ball over 100 miles an hour. Got to find a spot. And we need to get to break, but
1: one quick thing I wanted to add is it's funny because, not funny, but you know one of those little intricacies where it's like, that DH spot was perfect for Keston Hero, but because of his 2021, they have to go out and they have to sign a player specifically to be DH. Otherwise, he's the perfect player to fill that position on a daily basis. And with his performance lately, that might be what we see happen next year, where he gets a little bit more outfield playing time, where he's played pretty well in left field, but... You know, obviously, they need to play other players in that position in order to get them in the lineup regularly. But, yeah, if it's not for his 2021 performance and having to go up and down all the time, he's in that spot. Anyway, like I said, we need to get the break because we need to get to the long-awaited return of trivia. I know Adam and Tim have missed it so much. (laughs) And, And we have... We don't have much of a season left, and we have a tight race going on. This is going
0: to really test my my title of baseball genius. I feel like I'm going to have to remove that from my bio.
3: No, hey, are we going to be doing this podcast through the winter? I, I have no idea. I'm asking this now because I've not been told. I hope so. Really? I'm just saying. Well, you don't? No, so? I mean I
0: think it'd be great too. I, it's nice of you to say that you'd like to see us all winter.
3: Oh, I thought we went to break. Is this on still? <laughs> yeah, this is still. This is still. We'll let people know. We'll let people know
1: if they want us to hear <laughs> We will be around in, the in winter. That's how podcasts <laughs> okay. work. And we'll see you after the break. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best the Power of Their Data Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Welcome back. It's the return of trivia and these guys are so nervous
1: and I don't understand why. We give them the answer in the question. We literally say, "Here are four options. One of them is the answer." But they're they're just so nervous and w- We'll get them over this season-long jitters. They they just don't disappear. That performance anxiety, no matter how many times you repeat, hangs on. We're in L.A. We'll do a little trivia based on the city of angels mm. and Adam based on how much you love this city. I better I think get this right.
0: You'll have an advantage here. Mm, okay. Yeah. But Tim knows every a, movie. Oh, I was supposed to <laughs> yeah, say I'm, that last I'm night. I'm
3: Googling as you're speaking. So go ahead. Did continue. you
0: hear Googling. at uh, Dodgers? Did you hear on the broadcast as they went to like pitching breaks, Tim, what the organist yeah. was playing multiple times at Dodger stadium yes. because Mike Vasala went over there and just was so excited and freaked out. Y- you heard it?
3: I I heard them play the Stranger Things song that's gotten popular right now. Even better, running up that hill, they're like. They played what? And there's
1: our copyright
3: strike. So uh, now we're
1: off. We're off all your favorite.
0: They played what Mike Vasallo says is the Ewok celebration and finale from. Is it Return of the Jedi? The original yeah, the original yeah.
3: return of the Jeb. I got the original vinyl in my and uh,
0: they played this song in and like Vasalo like jumped up. The organist is in the press box, which is another cool thing about another cool thing about Dodger Stadium is <laughs> he's right there right, with s- us.
1: Um, stop this isn't what songs Mike Vassallo likes in the stadium trivia this is la trivia Adam okay, stop trying to sorry. run you lead the season series Mike
0: even sent me the YouTube clip so I, no I no this is it. you yep, doing yep. it again this is you doing yep, it yeah. again <laughs> <laughs> okay okay I'm you trying to divert okay. you can't delay this any okay
1: got it all right Adam how many commercial airports serve the Los Angeles area three five
0: seven or 10? Okay, Burbank is the best one. And if you ever fly to Los Angeles, Burbank is the jam, Bob Hope Airport. It's great. Um, okay. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say 10. Oh man, man,
1: Tim, you already get the chance to steal. <sighs> Three, five or seven. I have no idea. I'm gonna guess seven. In regular trivia tradition, a point is not scored. It is five. LAX, Ontario, John Wayne, Hollywood Burbank, and Long Beach.
0: Yeah, I would have got it. I could have named them, too. I just figured there were more. Ontario, I've never used, but Burbank is it. Oh, damn. I'm not Tim. beating myself up over that one. <laughs> Burbank, you still get on and off the plane like with little stairs that they wheel up to the plane. That's my favorite part about
3: it. Yeah. Last time I was there, I went to fill up my water bottle and the, none of the water fountains worked. No. That's this is trivia <laughs> you get against. Two,
1: uh, four trivias for every one trivia.
3: <laughs> okay. All
1: <laughs> right, Tim. Which professional yep. sports team was the first to call L.A. home? The Dodgers, the Kings, the Rams, or the Lakers. Lakers. And continuing the tradition, Adam, why don't we go for another scoreless round?
3: (laughs) I made up my mind that whatever you said last, I was going to (laughs) pick.
0: Sorry. The Rams? I mean, the The Rams came from St. Louis, right? But were the Rams here and then left and then came back? Hmm. Hmm. Ezra is on... Our little zoom that we do while we do this. Ezra, give me some hand signals about which one you think it is. The, I mean, it can't be the Kings. Right? So which one,
1: which one, the guy who wrote it thinks it is. <laughs> oh, wait, that's right. He wrote
0: these. Shoot. Okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, he gave me an L for Lakers or is that for loser? I'm going sure. to guess that it's the Dodgers.
1: Uh, We've missed trivia so much, we forgot what these shutouts are like. Oh, the God, Rams. this is brutal. <laughs> the Rams came to L.A. from Cleveland oh. in 1946. The Dodgers arrived in Brooklyn or from Brooklyn in 1958. And the Lakers from Minneapolis in 1960. The Kings were an NHL expansion team in 1967.
0: God, we are terrible at this.
1: What are you talking about? I'm great. I always have the answers.
0: My God. I picked the Dodgers and (laughs) they were the last team, right? (laughs) In great news.
1: Uh, No, the Dodgers, the Kings and the Lakers were after the Dodgers. Dodgers were second. They're good. Yeah.
0: Dang, I almost picked the Rams. I thought about the Rams. ah.
1: Well, almost only counts in horseshoes and something else. Yeah. But we'll get back to your expertise. Back to the Brewers baseball. A little bit of a surprise move. Ashby hits the I.L. yesterday. It's Tuesday today. Uh, yesterday he goes on the I.L. Tim, what are your thoughts on his season to date and the impact of his loss?
3: Um. Well, you know, it kind of coincides with Adrian Hauser. You know, he may be the guy that comes back and starts tomorrow. They may have already released that. Have no idea. No, um, they haven't released it or no, he's not. Well, starting. they haven't
0: said he's going to start just that he will figure in Wednesday's game. Um, in some way.
3: Well, the move they brought up Jason Alexander, and he pitched yep. last night and ending. He finished the game. So, you know, what do you? Uh, <laughs> who else is you there? You could
0: option. You could option back Alexander and and put Hauser in that spot.
3: Yeah. Oh, there's. If you want to start yeah, him tomorrow. Different different things they can do. Um, but for as far as Ashby, I mean, he's been throwing the ball well. It it may solve a problem. You know, if Hauser mixes into the you know starting rotation, if they start to do five even down the stretch and into playoffs, um, you know, maybe Ashby will be just in limited role out of the bullpen. Right. Cause I wouldn't put, I feel like Hauser would be better as a starter than as a reliever um, just the way his stuff plays. Uh, so I don't know, maybe it'll, maybe it'll end up being a good thing, but uh, hopefully, hopefully it's nothing big and he'll be back soon.
1: Yeah. I actually, it always seems when they look like they could use six pitchers for the rotation, one always goes down because they're about to be in these long, a couple of long stretches without off days. And it actually would have been really good to have the the six man rotation. But of course the baseball gods don't play that way. Do they, Adam?
0: No, they're in a stretch of 31 games in 31 days with, with Thursday this week being the only off day, but then there's a double header that evens it out. um, When the giants come to town for, for that day. So,
1: Oh, and don't forget that in the that off day is after a night game in LA with a night flight out of LA. (laughs) So it's not that off day is really just nap
0: nap day. Well, hopefully they nap because then they have another long stretch after that. So it is, it's, it's unfortunate timing and you know, it comes as Ashby was in a stretch where he was struggling, at least struggling to like, as he put it, you want to come in and like celebrate a team win. And he's not been able to do that. They've lost 11 of his last 12 starts and, you know, it got, it, it. we we did ask Craig Council uh, with Hauser coming back, is it, is there some thought of Ashby in that hybrid role, primarily out of the pen, start as needed, that really they had in mind for him coming into the year to manage his innings and just maximize his value in the same way they kind of did for like Burns, Woodruff, Peralta early in their careers. That was the ideal for Ashby. Then he got thrust into regular starting because Freddie Peralta went down, Woodruff went down, they lost other guys. So, um I think that they were they felt like they were coming into like a spot where they were going to be really good with their starting pitching so this is unfortunate timing and the other thing that I wanted to say is we asked counts just about the performance of Ashby and losing all of these starts and he said they were they were going to continue to roll with him in the rotation that you know it's that thing we all know pitchers don't the starting pitcher has limited control over pitcher wins and losses um And team win and losses, especially when they're in such a suppressed offensive environment where they just aren't scoring a lot. And they were going to continue to roll with him. And it's like everyone wants immediate success from these young starters. And it does not work that way. It doesn't work that way in Major League Baseball. So they were going to keep developing him. And for all those reasons, this is a bad thing um, to, to have all that interrupted.
1: I just want to do a quick PSA on Ashby's defense it's okay to like judge his season and be a little bit of a curmudgeon about like the results that he's getting but I just thought it was really unfair for Brewer fans to pile on on his performance in that day in Wrigley right because that is a day where both sides are just going up and hitting dingers because the wind's blowing 30 miles per hour out like Tim when you're in a situation like that don't you feel like you're just set up for failure and all you can hope is the other side's going to score more or, like, your side's no, going I, to score more than the other side, I mean?
3: Yeah, you just hope that your name's not called <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're in the bullpen. Um, yeah, it was, it was one of those games. But at the same time, that's what's going to build his character. That's going to make him better in the long run. It just is amplified now because, you know, they're trying to win as many game, games as they can and try to get into the playoffs. But um, I, I think he's been throwing the ball well. It just He's always, like, one pitch away. And he gives up so many ground balls that end up not being turned into outs. You know, if he gets a ground ball, it's not a double play or it doesn't leave the infield and it's a hit. It's always something like that going on in some of his starts. And he was one pitch away in that first inning uh, at Wrigley before Suzuki went oppo uh, for a double. But at the same time, you know, you can only make excuses so far where it's like, okay, eventually he'll have that Kevlar skin that you get as a starter from going through different experiences. And now he knows what it's like to pitch in some of the worst environments imaginable outside of Denver.
0: Well, I was going to say he's one cover, you know, covering first base away from that being a quick inning too, which he pointed out. That's a
3: tough, see, well, I I, I mean, as a guy, when I threw sidearm uh, later in my career, I fell towards third base. And sometimes you just can't get there. And that's what he just
0: has to fight.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I mean he he could he can beat himself up for that, but that's a tough even if he darts off the mound as soon as that ball's hit and gets there, it's still gonna be a very close play. Um I don't think that was the
0: difference maker, personally. I would just say like in general about his development, like the stuff is so good. So good. Um and have we not learned anything from two thousand nineteen Corbin Burns or Freddie Peralta? or even stretches for Woodruff early on where he was not getting results. Like, I, I'll say it again. Like, that's how this works. Um, Tom, Tom, Ned Yost, speaking of Ned Yost again, used to always tell about Tom Glavin. Look, go look up Tom Glavin's rookie season sometime. If, if you're a fan who's frustrated about Aaron Ashby, um, and I see a lot of you, <laughs> thank you very much for your feedback, uh, <laughs> go look up Tom Glavin. Like this is how it works, and you are rewarded if you let pitchers do the development they need to do. And I think that's where the Brewers are at with Ashby. And again, that's why they're disappointed that this happened, even though they've lost a bunch of his starts. Um, he was kind of a an important piece for them as they as they move forward, and they were about to have some flexibility with how they use him. And now that's kind of taken away, and we'll see for how long. The good news, by the way, we should say, a Council said. On Monday at Dodger Stadium, their feel right now is that this is on the minor side, and the tell one of the tells for that is they didn't do an MRI, they didn't think an MRI was necessary, so this is just like a right now a a, a sore shoulder, you know, an inflamed shoulder, Um, and they don't think it's something structurally bad. So there's a chance he's throwing again this weekend. That's the best case scenario.
1: Tim touched on it a little bit, but real quick, Adam, I just want to get your thoughts on, you know. At least when Ashby goes down, it's right when they have their one of their six starters from the original plans of the season coming back to the rotation, in Adrian Hauser.
0: Yeah, he was supposed to pitch again in the minors on Sunday and build up. He was at 67 pitches, so you know maybe he'd get up to like 80, uh, and then you could come back and have him be like really fully stretched out. Uh, now, you know if if he is the guy to pitch at Dodger Stadium, it'll be somewhere a, a little more on the short side, most likely. Um, and look, Hauser's another guy where I, I see all of you on social media. Like, thank you. Thank you for weighing in. Um, there's talent there though. And the, the other thing I think sometimes it's easy to forget as a fan and maybe I'm, uh, I'm probably just as guilty of this in the other sports where I'm just watching as a fan and not watching every day is like good teams have, have players who are really important who are not. Going to the Hall of Fame, in other words, like the 1982 Brewers were really good because like Marshall Edwards, like had some big moments, and like Charlie Moore was a solid player all over the place. It wasn't it wasn't just Molitor and Yount that made the the 82 Brewers a a good team down the stretch. No, they also had fingers. Right. Yeah. Yes, and Ted Simmons, and uh, Don Sutton, but they also had. Pete Ladd, who by the way rocks cargo shorts like no other former major leaguer in the history of this game. Amen. Every time he comes back to Milwaukee for a ceremony, um, my, my I guess my point is like, Adrian Hauser is is has been a really important pitcher for them in in the last couple of years, even though he has some games where like as Tim said, six ground balls get through and he he gives up seven runs, like. That's okay. There's a spot in Major League Baseball for like fourth and fifth starters. And Hauser, when he's right, is a pretty good one. Um, so that's, I, I don't mean to be like, go off on people for having their own opinions on social media. That's totally fine. But, but I just think sometimes everybody wants nine Mike Trouts and it's just, it doesn't, that's, that'd be great. We
1: just it, don't it, have it, the cloning rare. technology. But we we're do close, not yet have the cloning close. technology. Just we let our close. listeners know. <laughs> if you
0: could clone one brewer to put your your best team, who would it be?
1: Uh, nine Matt Laportis. Good answer. That's a good they have to throwback to <laughs> To play every
0: position. To play every position. If you could have one guy with his skills, and you had to fill one guy at every position, who would it? Be? I, wow.
1: I I just want to fulfill the nine position, Hernan Perez or Hernan Perez. You know.
0: Yeah. We just texted him the other day. Uh, one of his bats was going to be used in the media front office softball game that got rained out. Uh, so we sent him a picture with his uh, Hernan Perez bat because we had a couple of bats uh, that were going to be on loan for our use.
3: I would probably go Orlando Arcia. Just oh. Be, just because I think he could literally play every position <laughs> above <Yeah>. average.
2: <laughs> and, and he I think
3: I think he could throw 98 off the bump because I've probably seen him do it. So. You got to go with an athlete. You'd have to go with a shortstop. My first thought was Prince Fielder. I want him in the lineup every mm-hmm. batter. That team would <laughs> get a lot of brawls. Yeah, they would. But I mean, I would say Prince is probably limited in the center field region. So <laughs> 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 I need an all-encompassing athlete. So Arcia, I've seen him do some amazing things. So he'd probably be my guy. Nine Matt Laportas. Nine Matt Laportas.
0: Logan Schaefer probably back in the day would have been my pick.
3: A tough catcher, though. Left-handed. Yeah. All right. We're we're going to take
1: Tim out of the conversation for a little uh-huh. bit. Sorry, Tim. About
0: time. About
3: time.
1: <laughs> Last week we talked to Tom Flanagan, but Sal like just continues to be in like a phenomenal start in the midst of just a great start to his career. You know, he goes from high A, double A, triple A, and now he's hitting his best. He seems to play better the further he goes into the system. Adam, you just had a great like article about Sal. How excited should fans be about, you know, really the first prospect moving through the minors at this rate since Ryan Braun?
0: Well, that, that is what it reminds you of just in terms of seeming like he can move up a level and dominate um, energy. They talk about the thing I loved with my conversation with Al Buff, the Brewers AAA hitting coach and like one of the greatest baseball people in this sport is um, Al said he's a hockey player and that's what he likes about him. And that's why he's not surprised that Sal is moving level to level. And it was two things. One, the phenomenal hand-eye coordination that hockey players have. And two, the kind of grinder mentality that they have, the toughness and like just the day-to-day grind, because that is the biggest adjustment for the players who get into pro ball is it's a different animal going from playing in college and starring in college to going and playing six days a week now in pro ball and riding buses and doing what you need to do against really good competition. So Sal, according to Al LaBeouf, has just the exact right mentality for that. And the other thing Al said is if they asked me, can, can this guy play in the big leagues, he would say yes. So we'll see if that happens here coming up. Um, rosters expand on the first. Reminder now they can only add two players. One of them, obviously, will be a pitcher and you're limited at 14 pitchers you're capped so one of them will be a position player and you know we'll see who that is sal's not on the 40 man so that would be a consideration other players are he you know maybe you want someone a little more versatile that that's going to play on the infield we'll see but al said he would he if, if they ask he would say yeah this guy can play in the big league so um they should Bruce fans should be super excited
1: you have to consider with the forty man or what the expanded roster implications is. If you don't play before September first, you're not eligible for the postseason.
0: Yeah. So no, if they think it, this it, guy
1: can help every day, it's it's not like it used to be, right? Where you call up a guy and you're like, ah, we're not in the postseason. We can get him some good experience. You're really using these roster spots to add people who you think will be big contributors. And if you think Sal's going to be that type of contributor. You almost need to get him up in the next week or so if you think he's important to your plans of success, especially while Jonathan Davis is slugging around 250. Uh, Tyrone Taylor is obviously um, after after getting hot again a little lost at the plate right now. Uh, you know, I think we all know the player Tyrone can be, but he just hasn't had that success this year, especially after a, an amazing season last year. And maybe that's he's held to like a very high standard. So he's been good defensively, but at the plate, especially lately, like he just hasn't been what they, you know, they wanted to see there.
0: Well, the other guy I asked, you know, is Sal someone? I'm sorry, but The other, I was going to say the other guy I asked Al about was Asturias Ruiz because just in thinking through like he the, is on the 40 man, the 40 man issues, he's on the 40, yeah. So, and Al likes his back control and he bunts for hits and he's got elite speed and sounds like he can play um out there on defense he's got a little taste of the big leagues with the Padres so he's checked that box so that's another guy to kind of I think keep an eye on and he's on the 40 so he is postseason eligible now
1: yeah anyway just interesting conversations to have uh I don't think it's that easy and I as easy as we want it to be as fans we want it to just be like this guy's doing well call this guy up but like I said we know what Tyrone can do we we there's some security in not having that risk and knowing what a player is and just trying to get the best out of him like Aaron Ashby like so it's nice to have that security especially when they're playing good defense and you know not hurting the team in other places that you you can ride these struggles a little bit it just gets amplified when everyone else is struggling at the same time right
2: yeah
0: Tim do you have any good alabas stories um, I don't know.
3: I mean, just not like an in particular story. I love Al. I love Al. He is the best. He just that cool, calm. Gave him a hug the other day when they retired my jersey. He was all sweaty. He was apologizing that he went out there for the ceremony, but he was literally throwing batting practice to everybody in the cage. Cause he's that kind of guy. He just he's available. He's able to talk. He's approachable. Um, and he's even coachable, right? So he's he's learning from these guys as much as he's Uh, teaching them and um, his opinion matters. His opinion's a big one. And if he thinks that Sal is, you know, big league ready right now, then I think he's right. And I think the hockey player mentality plays. Uh, Brewers had Pete Orr in their system, got to be teammates with him and just a grinder of a human being. Nobody wanted to win more than this guy. Uh, and I think the origins of that come from just the aggression you have to have of being a hockey player. That's why I'm so soft. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Not enough hockey for Tim. He grew up in a baseball family. <laughs> All right. We need to take another break. When we come back, it's dead of the week time. This episode is brought
0: to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?
2: we're back for the r- 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 r-
1: rapid round that was terrible don't you just love <laughs> 90s rock morning tea like radio uh i'm happy podcasts exist all right guys we're back it's that of the week tim have you been doing no. your research i, I, I know well, you've been doing your research not really yeah. All right. I'll, well, Adam, we'll start with you. We'll give Tim a little bit more
3: time to get the. <laughs> no, he may done. have the same one. I want to go first. <laughs> okay, Tim, do right. it. Yeah. Tim, All right. So, get stat a stat of the week three of four. Okay. That is my stat. Three of four. The Dodgers are 16 and four in August. The Brewers have beat them three of those four losses. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Great stat.
3: Good stat. The Brewers beat good teams. Yeah, that's a big deal because the Dodgers are the the best, most expensive team on planet Earth. All right, go
0: Adam. Yeah. Okay, my stat is two, Ooh. which huh? is the number of Saint Mary's College of California <laughs> Gales who will be pitching tonight at Dodger Stadium. And I love this. Tony Gonsolin and Corbin Burns were teammates at this school in California. I don't even know where is it. Northern California. Um, Less than 4,000 students go to this school. That's their enrollment. And two of them are going to be on the mound at Dodger Stadium. They were all-stars together. Uh, Gonsolin's a legit Cy Young contender. Um, Sandy Alcantara might be, have something to say about that. But Gonsolin is very good. Corbin Burns is very good again. And um, they've, never, they've never pitched in the same game, postseason or regular season. So this is a cool thing.
1: My stat of the week is 33%. 33%, one-third of the team's games in August have gone into extra innings. That's um, amazing. We, <laughs> we talked about how you know we're, they're in a really tough stretch where they're playing a lot without off days. So you want to talk about a strain on a team? Going into extras on a regular basis is a strain on a team. Now, only two of those have gone past the 10th inning. But still.
0: Thank you, Ghost Runner.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Zombie Runner.
0: sorry, Zombie Runner.
1: Yes. Uh Almighty Zombie Runner, thank you for shortening our games. We appreciate you. Uh so yeah, just emphasizing what we said in the earlier in the pod, it's been a rough stretch for the team when it comes to uh at least getting home and getting to sleep. Now, September's just right around the corner. We have one more pod pre-September. But we got to start mentally preparing for it. Adam, what's your favorite non-baseball fall tradition?
0: Well, <laughs> this will surprise no one, but um, it's Halloween candy. hmm mm-hmm. And specifically those orange and black wrapped taffy, peanut butter taffy things with that pasty peanut butter in the middle. Ah, oh, those are great. I that, love those. That's You're a
1: garbage your... human. What?
0: mm you mm-hmm. That's it. That's my favorite um, non-baseball fall tradition. That's the first that, thing the opinion. check
3: for like when you're a kid, yeah. Checking for like people throw rocks in there or razor blades or whatever when you're or scared. Or those orange yeah. and black things. Yeah, I love it. Who even buy? Who Adam. makes those? It's a. Secret. I don't
0: even know. They're ha- they're very hard to well, come. That's by. the scariest Adam. thing
3: about Halloween.
0: Farm and fleet
1: it was, would be my uh, guess. They got everything. No, this is a, we have a partnership with fleet farm. You can't be doing that. Oh, oh yeah. sorry. Fleet, <laughs> let me,
0: uh, uh, three, two, one fleet farm would be my guess that, that they got everything.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. All right, Tim, what's your favorite non-baseball fall tradition?
3: Non-baseball tradition? I mean, how do you follow that? Um, Does it have to be Halloween related? I don't understand. No, it's fall. Yeah, just fall. Just do it. You know, for me, the great thing about fall is doing nothing. I go home. Mm. Uh, I travel throughout the year, whether I'm playing or now I'm broadcasting. And I go home to Nashville, Tennessee, and I just like to hang out in my house. I'm extremely boring. On and mm. off the field. That's a great
0: <laughs> answer, though. I love that. Yeah.
3: I I have two, so I'll make up for Tim's
1: answer with a non-answer. Some other mysterious candy. <laughs> 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 one is those fall backyard fires, you know, where yeah. where it's, like, cold enough to wear a hoodie, but you're having a fire, and that makes it warm enough to, like, hang out with friends. I love those moments. And then the other is, like, going to, like, a pumpkin farm that—especially one that has, like, a bunch of things to do— Nothing like a, a pumpkin farm, and especially Tim's looking weird. I guess he hasn't really experienced this in the Nashville area, but what? pumpkin we farms are the best. pumpkin
3: farms all the time.
1: Okay, you were looking around like I'm a maniac.
0: Okay, but here's the most important question. Do you make the seeds? Do you cook the seeds, roast the seeds?
1: At this age, I don't even—A, when I was a kid, yes, we would always roast the seeds. But at this point, I'm an old man. And I don't pick a pumpkin anymore. I'm just there to like drink and walk the maze. You know? Mm.
0: I, I'm really, that's one of my best things I cook. I'm really good at making chili and I'm great at making pumpkin seeds. You bring pumpkin and, seeds. You have have gotta get them. some guts. I'll eat them. Do not rinse them. You need the guts. A little okay. guts. Never mind. I won't Bring them come. in. I'll eat them. Okay. <laughs> Here's
3: Done. a better question.
0: We'll have a fire.
3: Yeah. yeah. Here's a better question. Baseball players chew gum. They have sunflower seeds. They have pumpkin seeds. Is it time mm-hmm. to finally allow them to eat peanuts out there or popcorn? Shouldn't that be in the dugout? What if one of the what if one of the
1: players has a peanut allergy, Tim?
3: Won't you think of those with peanut allergies? That's true, but Adam McCalvey going around throwing that peanut candy <laughs> on everybody. <laughs> yeah.
0: The fun fact the uh, visiting GM suite at Fenway Park is peanut free. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, but I found that to be weird. All right. Okay. Last question. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong. It's so early out here. On the West Coast. I think that's why this is a weird podcast.
1: <laughs> Last question. Wait, who'd I start with? Tim best non brewers uniform in baseball.
3: Um, Easy. I, I like Easy. the old, like my dad coached with the Astros in the early nineties. I love the early nineties right before they switched over to their new, whatever. I love the vintage, the vintage Astros. Um, where they got all the colors and the big star on the front. Uh, yeah, later the Nolan on, Ryan Astros jersey, yes, right? Nolan, yeah, the a- Nolan Ryan Astros jersey. Uh, later on in life, I realized I was attracted to those because it kind of looks like the Taco Bell logo. Um, so there's probably a correlation there a little bit. Uh, but I also like the Pirates. Remember the Pirates yellow and they had the pillbox uh, hat that they would wear? they all yeah, black mm-hmm. with the yellow lines. I like those. Those are good.
1: That's the LSD no-hitter jersey, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> What? <laughs> Adam, <laughs> I'll fill a Tim in later. Adam, what's your favorite non-brewers baseball jersey?
0: I do not mean to be all Dodgers because Oh my God, There are a lot of Just go work for the Dodgers. All right? Just go the, do- <laughs> the Dodgers home whites are easily the best uniform in baseball. We get it. They you don't want to be so here. White. How do they get them to glow in the dark is my question. What do they treat them with to make them whiter than any other home whites? fluorescent detergent? Yeah. That is the question. I love I love I, yeah, I, I don't mean to be Dodgers guy because like whatever, I'm not like some Dodgers fan or anything.
1: Or yeah, like, definitely not. I never them. got the impression as from a this. kid. I
0: just like their stadium and their home. I got lights. you just, tagging this, to, yes your resume, to, this yeah. to your resume, this podcast episode to your resume, Dodgers, uh, lover. Dodgers.com, dear and Mr. Email. Will Dodger, <laughs> yeah, dear dear Mr. Yeah, William I Dodger. I just I enjoy <laughs> their I, home. whites.
1: I like talking to Nomar Para.
0: No, I I got
1: to. <laughs> I got to eat next to a celebrity and your jerseys are beautiful. Please hire me. <laughs> Sincerely, Adam McAlvey. <laughs>
2: okay.
1: uh, best non-Brewers uniform in baseball is the Utter Tuggers. That's all the time we have. Thank you, as always, for listening. Don't forget to follow our hosts. You can find Tim Dillard at Dim Tillard on Twitter and Instagram. Watch him on the Bally's Post and pregame show. I mixed up the order of those, but who cares? Look for Adam McAlvey at Adam McCalvey on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Read his amazing work on the Dodgers. Wait, sorry. On, <laughs> on Brewers.com. <laughs> of course, make sure you're following the Brewers on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok.
3: We'll see you next week.